just been dealing with stuff, whether it's cold weather or uh, cold symptoms, <laughs> um, just welcome back. So happy to have you back. Um, those of you online in Hayward and Pakistan and wherever else you're watching from, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. Um, praise the Lord. Well, if you did not get to listen to last week's message, this is a chasing message. So I just want to encourage you do not miss last week's message about learn to trust me and learning to trust God and his word and, and just believing him no matter what circumstances say. Amen. So, so those of you who were here, give a shout out for if you liked the message last week. So I want to encourage if you were not here, make sure that you listen to that message. You'll be encouraged and your faith will be built. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today the Lord has been speaking to my heart, and sometimes, um, you know, if we're busy or, or if we're getting different kinds of downloads, I preached a message on Wednesday night, too, that was also a really, yes, it was awesome. It was an awesome message, um, and God God doesn't want us to deal with, with junk, amen? He wants us to be free, and um, so it was, I have it in my notes here. Yeah, it was a message about no more strongholds in your life. And, um, and so if you want, you can listen to that as well online on the podcast or on Facebook. And I encourage you, there's, there's some activation in there, prayers that you need to pray over yourself, asking the Holy Spirit to show you um, where the door got open. Because the enemy can't just come in. He has to have permission and so I taught on that on Wednesday night, and so I want to encourage you to listen to that if you've been dealing with some strongholds, um, hindrances in your life. But I believe some of those are broken by, supernaturally by the anointing this morning. Amen. Um, so anyways, today is a chasing message of last week's Sunday. is about trust, just trust in me. Um, let peace be your guide. Let peace be your guide. In Colossians 3.15, the Lord says, and let the peace of God that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I think it's really interesting to let the peace of God means that you have to give permission for it to work. That means also that it is not an automatic. Who here has experienced some anxiety, turmoil, worry, fear of some kind? At some point. <laughs> we all have. So we all have an opportunity to let the peace, give permission for the peace of God to rule, that you're going you're gonna to depend on and trust in the Lord. Or you have the opportunity to worry, to fear, to dread, have anxiety about life, about government, about stuff going on in your life, about feelings about failure, about whatever the enemy tries to hit you with, you know. He, but God says, let the peace of God, give it permission to work in your life. Amen. Amen. So we all have something or maybe some things <laughs> that at times we have the opportunity to worry about it, to fear about it, to wonder how is this going to work out. And so that's why this message is a chasing message after the last one, just learn to trust in me. Because when God says something, whether through his word or spoken word, like we talked about last week, we need to learn to believe that what he says is actually so. Amen. And so when we let the peace of God, that means you're going to believe what God says and what his 
leading says over what circumstances say. You're going to decide that in my heart, I'm going to take God at his word rather than the circumstances that I see. God does not want us to live in fear. God does not want us to live in confusion, worry, anxiety, or dread of any form. That's not one of his fruits. That's not who he is. And so in 1 Peter 5, 7, he tells us, what do you do with this stuff? He says, in one version, he says, cast it. Like, get rid of it. Cast it. Or give it all. All your cares, all your worries upon me because I care for you. He doesn't want you to bear them. Why? Jesus actually, I had a vision of Jesus last night as I was studying. He was sitting on the end of my bed and he said, I want to teach you to lay down your cares at the foot of the cross for the burden is not yours to bear. That's what we need to realize is Jesus, when he died upon the cross, what did he do? He took all sin, all sickness, all, you know, every, every bit of it, worry, anxiety, anything that the enemy could put us through. He bore it upon the cross. He took it upon himself so that we could be free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So he already purchased your freedom from that anxiety or that worry. He already purchased your freedom from that sickness or infirmity. He already gave you freedom when he died upon that cross and rose again from the dead. So to worry or to fear is to not have trust in what he did upon the cross. To worry and to fear is to not put trust in the fact that he says, I've bore your burdens. I died to set you free. And so we need to realize we need to let the peace of God rule and reign and give place to it. To do that is to say, Lord, I trust what you did upon the cross. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. I trust that you died to purchase my freedom from sickness and infirmity. Amen. So he wants us to lay down those cares and those burdens. He doesn't want us to have this heaping. My kids have these heaping backpacks. I don't, I don't know if they're in here today or not, if they're in youth or what. But, um, okay, I see them peeking. So in high school, I don't know, it's really ridiculous. They have these lockers, but um, they don't want to go to the locker in between classes. And so they bear a burden upon their back that is at least 50 pounds. I cannot move the backpack from my car to the house. When I, like, drop off my son at work after school, I want to bring that backpack in. It's so heavy. It's so ridiculous. And he wears this thing all day long, eight hours a day. God doesn't want us to bear a burden that keeps getting added to with the cares of this life and, and, and anxieties and worries and dreads and sickness and infirmity or whatever it is that the enemy tries to shoot at you. God doesn't want us to bear that burden because he already bore that burden. And so what he wants us to do as those things come to you, he wants you to lay it at the foot of the cross. Cast that care upon the Lord because he cares for you and he already took it from you. Why take something that's already been purchased for you? Why pay for something that's already been paid for? Because that's what we're doing when we worry and we have these cares. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. 
So this is all something that is done and over with. So whether it's that you're worried and having fear about your sins and transgressions, or whether you're worried and having fear about your iniquities, whether you're worried and having fear about sickness or disease, Jesus is saying here that he already bore it upon the cross, purchased your freedom so that you can have what? Peace. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to bear it. It's been done. Your freedom, your healing, your forgiveness has been paid for. You can now have peace concerning these situations that come up. You can now choose to live in peace. In turn, what you're doing is you're choosing to make good use of all that Jesus did for you upon the cross. You're making good use of what was given to you. Matthew 11, 29 and 30, he says, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, like, let me teach you how to do this thing. <laughs> let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest. Another word for rest is peace. You will find rest or peace, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he bore our burden so that we could have a lighter burden. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you. I'll give you what I've got, which is freedom, and I'll take what you have. Lay it at the cross. Let him bear that thing. He already did, but it's just like an action of your faith. Let him bear it. So I want to teach you how to walk in that peace and, and just help us understand that a little more. If the situation that you're in fills you with anxiety worry, dread, burden. He wants us to choose peace. Let the peace of God rule. So he wants us to give that burden to God. Cast that care. Lay that care before him. Choose to let peace be our guide. And then he says, you will find rest. You'll find peace for your soul. Where does turmoil take place? Right up here. So you're going to find peace in your mind, peace for your soul, if you'll give it to the Lord. And that's really, what that is, is trusting that God can work it out. How many of you believe that all things are possible with God? How many of you think that God has it all figured out, even though we don't? Okay, so we can trust in him that when we give him something, that he can figure a way out for us. Amen? That he can, at the right time, reveal to us what we're supposed to do about the situation. And not take it back. He doesn't want us to take it back. God wants to lead us and guide us by his spirit. He does not want us to bear burdens. So he wants us to cast our care and worry upon him. In Luke um, 12, 25 and 26, he says, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? How many of you have your worries added to your life? It always steals. And if worry cannot accomplish that one little thing, What's the use of worrying about even the bigger things? So he's making a point here. It does nothing for you. So if that avenue, that path isn't working, which we all know it doesn't, then take this one. Try this one. Let the peace of God lead you and guide you. Let it. Give it permission to work. Really what you're doing is allow yourself to just trust 
God about the situation. Give it to the Lord and trust him to lead you and guide you by his spirit. I remember, and I know that some of you know this story, but we were in a situation where uh, Clayton was dealing with kidney failure and um, just a whole, whole bunch of number of things came, brought him to that point and he was in the hospital. And they said that the next day, he was at like 1% or 3% or something like that. And they said at the next day that he was going to have to be on dialysis. And, um, you know, we've taught different messages, and I've been able to use this testimony. In one message, you know, I shared that he had to put action to his own faith. And he, you know, Pastor Nick and my dad and my mom and stuff came and anointed him with oil, laying hands on him. And so he received that prayer and believed with all his heart. But then he walked the halls all night speaking the word of God, claiming the word of God. And that was his action to his faith. Because we can do something like this, laying hands on the sick and they shall recover. But then from that point, you got to have faith and action to your faith. Amen. So anyways, you know, so we have that message because he acted on it. But the, the, the other side of the message was this. You know, as a wife, the mother of two small children, my husband's in the hospital and they're saying that he's going to have to go on dialysis. And so I got together with my mom and prayed the prayer of agreement. The Bible says any two of you agreeing on anything would be done of our Father, which is in heaven. And so we prayed this prayer of agreement, and we were going to go ahead and have our regular uh, prayer time. And, I mean, I kid you not, I was almost like trying to worry about it, but I couldn't. I had actually given it to the Lord, and I couldn't worry about it. Like, I was letting... By praying that prayer of agreement, I truly stepped over into faith and I let the peace of God rule and reign in my heart and mind. Did that mean that the situation was automatically reversed and, and, and everything turned out great at that very moment? No. But in the midst of trial, in the midst of storm, in the midst of what looks like chaos and what looks like humanly impossible... You can have supernatural peace because you're acting upon what God's word says. Amen? And so when we prayed in agreement and, you know, we had done these different actions of faith, I prayed and all of a sudden this peace filled my heart and mind. And I couldn't give way to, to worry or fear because I was like, I'm not. I am in absolute confidence God's got this. And so even though in the natural, and we're talking about let the peace of God, even though in the natural, if you didn't have the Lord or you weren't walking in faith, I could have all the concerns in the world. What's going to happen? How are we going to do this? You know, what's life going to look like? Da, 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 da. It could keep going. But I chose to act upon the word of God. He chose to act upon the word of God. And the peace of God began ruling and reigning and guarding our hearts and minds. God gave him two brand new kidneys, fast forward to the end result. Two brand new kidneys, zero dialysis. Amen. But the supernatural part of it is letting the peace of God in the midst of what looks like the impossible. God, you, you give something to the Lord, you don't take it back, and God works out the supernatural in the midst of it. Amen. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, really it's what we, what we acted upon. Don't worry about anything. Like nothing's too big for me. 
With God, with man, it might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen? Last week, we had a, a, a smaller crowd. We took up our Pakistan offering for the big crusade. And uh, that kind of looked impossible. We needed $4,4500. And God makes the impossible possible. Amen. More than enough came in where we were able to not only do the Pakistan, but also bless our other missionaries as well. Hallelujah. We can't always look at the circumstances, the point. You look to the Lord, the author and finisher of your faith. You look to the one who, who causes the Red Sea to part, who causes rain to come down and, and, and water from a rock, who, who can, you know, heal and deliver and save and set free. That's what you look at. That's who you look to. Don't look to the circumstance. Don't look to the circumstance. So in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything, telling God what it is you need and thank him for all he has done. Like, remind yourself that he's able. Thank him for all he has done. Then what happens? This is what took place. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. Like, your minds can't comprehend. How in the world could I have peace in that situation except our minds are stayed on him? He can make the impossible possible. And so... That's how I can have peace. So this peace, which exceeds anything you can understand, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you trust and live in Christ Jesus. That's what trust is. It's trusting that he is the God who makes the impossible possible. It's trusting that he can cause all things to work together for your good, even though man says this is impossible. You have this sickness. You're going to die in one year or whatever circumstances say. God's word is the final say. And he says his word will not return void. It will be accomplished, whatever he said. Amen? And so when you pray in faith, from that point, you trust. From that point, your job is to walk in peace. If those anxieties, those worries, those fears try to come against you, go ahead and cast them upon the Lord, even if you have to do it 10 times a day. Nope, 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 I'm not taking that. Jesus already bore it. I lay those at the foot of the cross. I cast those cares upon you, Jesus. You already took them. I thank you, Lord, right now. I let the peace of God rule and reign in my heart and mind. Amen? Until you finally have it settled in your heart, it's done. Like, I don't know how, I don't know when, but he's going to do it again. Amen. I shared last week the testimony about our 20-year our vacation, 20-year um, anniversary trip, and it looked like we weren't going. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing again. You can listen to last week's message. But it looked like 110% we're not going on this trip. But we had this peace, and we had a word from the Lord that God said we're going. You know, And so um, we packed our bags. We went. And we ended up on our trip. <laughs> but you got to listen to the word last week to hear that testimony. But God can make the impossible possible when we just trust in him and go with that peace. What does that peace mean? It means God's on it. What that peace means is that you can have the assurance that what you prayed for is coming to pass. 
That peace is you trusting in God that he is able to work out all things together for your good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. Amen? A peace that you know God's got it, that he's going to work it out for your good. God wants us to trust in him, and God wants us to live a life led and guided by his spirit, which is really by his peace. Romans 8.14 says, those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those who are led, you could say it this way, those who are led by peace, those who let the peace of God rule, they are the sons of God. Because they're the ones following who? Him. See, if we're following worry, fear, anxiety, dread, apprehension, if we're following that path, we're actually not trusting in him. We're actually not following the spirit because the spirit leads by peace. And that's why God says to the children of God, let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God lead in your hearts and minds. Those who trust him have faith in him. And the Lord says, those are my kids. (laughs) You know, if you trust your parent, you're going to have faith in whatever they're saying. You know, we made a deal with one of our sons that we would bless him with a, with a big financial blessing. And he's like, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to date it. And I'm like, go ahead. You can trust. And how much more should we be able to trust God? When he says something, have peace in your heart. Let the peace of God rule and reign. That If he says something, that settles it. Go with that peace no matter what circumstances say along the way. Have the assurance that what you prayed for, it's coming to pass. Amen? That's what it is saying here in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding or to what your mind sees or hears in this world. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him, the God who makes the impossible possible. Acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. How? By the peace of God ruling and reigning. He will direct your path. In order to do this, you need to realize it's not going to make sense to your mind. It's not always going to make sense. It's not always going to make sense that God's telling you to do something and God's telling you something's going to work out and it looks completely different, looks completely opposite. You're going to trust God over the circumstances or over what your mind can comprehend. That's following that peace. Amen? Or there's another hand, and and God wants me to, 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 to show you this. On the other hand, in all humans' reasoning, with all human reasoning, Um, a trip or a business deal or a house purchase or whatever, it might, to all human reasoning, it might look great on paper. But as you get closer and closer to that, you have a lack of peace. All of a sudden, it's like, ugh, something's not right and you can't put your finger on it. So 
in that situation, as you go closer and closer and you lack a lack of peace and almost get into some turmoil, get into some fear, get into some anxiety as you get closer and closer, that's the opposite of letting the peace of God rule and reign. God is trying to say, stop! You're headed for danger. He removes his peace because, number one, he is not in on that deal. He's not in on that. And so it's not going to work together for your good if he's not in on it. And so if he removes his peace, he's saying, I'm not in that. I'm not on that. And so you better back up. When we let the peace of God, we also need to realize when the peace is not there, it's not God. So we shouldn't follow. I remember a story my dad told me. And I like that he wore his heart on his sleeve, too, telling me where he made mistakes. And, um, and he told me he was planning a, um, a ministry trip, and he was going to drive to this ministry trip. And he said, um, you know, great, to all human reasoning, that's a good thing to do, right? Get continuing education as a minister. You need to get built up yourself, you know. So he's going to go on this ministry trip. And as he is uh, thinking about it, he kind of had a little bit of a lack of peace, um, but, it, man, there's some good preachers there and this and that. You know, he really wanted to go, so he packed his bags. Even less peace. And he's like, Ugh, get out of here, Satan. Sometimes we're like that, you know. The lack of peace means the devil's against me and, you know, whatever. And he's packing his bags. And, and he even, he said he even got to where he has his bags packed and he's walking out the door. And even a greater lack of peace. I mean, just... Ugh, a gross feeling, but he, he's like, what's the problem? And I'm, 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 this is a good thing to do, you know? And so he even took a step outside the door to go to his car, and suddenly he said he had the most vivid vision he's ever had of his car being completely demolished and totaled. He dropped his suitcase, raised his hands in the air, and said, okay, <laughs> get it. I'm going back to the peace. <laughs> So he didn't go. See, sometimes when God's trying to lead us and guide us by his peace and we don't listen, he's really trying to protect us because he loves us. And sometimes in the other direction, he's trying to lead you and guide you by his peace and you're just not listening in, in the way of... Um, you know, he wants you to, to um, become friends with somebody. He wants you to accept a job. He wants you to move even though you're so comfortable in this certain house or, or whatever it might be. And if you don't follow that peace, even though your mind can't comprehend, like, why in the world would I do that? You know, but God's plopping it in your spirit. And you're trying to reason it out, and there's no reasoning for it. If you don't follow that, you're not going to receive the blessings that God really wants to give you. And he has in store for you. So there's really two sides of it. We need to learn to be led by the Spirit of God, which is really, which is what I t was taught as well, is to be led by the peace of God. By letting the peace of God rule and reign, you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, who's there to bless you and protect you. Amen? Are you guys getting this? Okay, praise the Lord. Oh, so it's good for us to follow the peace because it's really being led by the, by the Spirit of God. The Lord spoke to me yesterday. He says, teach my people to be led by my Spirit. Not everybody knows how to be led by the Spirit of God. 
And I'm not saying I've, like Paul, I haven't reached that perfect goal. You know, I haven't accomplished it all. But, but I definitely have learned because of who I was taught by and just through experience. You can go in a direction and turmoil, turmoil, turmoil and step back and get back into the peace. Humble yourself. Don't get yourself into more trouble heading in a direction you shouldn't be going. God's only giving you that lack of peace. He's just taking his hand off that so you know that he's not in that. And, and head in a different direction to where the peace of God is on it. Um, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, he says, You will keep in perfect peace he who trusts in you. All whose thoughts are fixed upon you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. So how do you stay in that peace? You stay in the will of God. How do you stay in the will of God? You continue to let peace rule. If the peace of God's not in it, you need to know that God's not in it. Do you get that? So you might say, yeah, I trust in the Lord. Oh, yeah, my thoughts are fixed on him. You know, thinking like you're a good Christian person. Of course, my thoughts are fixed on him, and of course, I trust in the Lord. But the thing is, is if you're going contrary to the peace, you're actually not trusting in him. If you're going contrary to peace and you're not letting peace guide you, your thoughts are not fixed on what his thoughts are. So we need to find out where we went wrong, what direction we went wrong, and, and back up, like my dad Back, back into that house and shut the door. <laughs> back up, humble yourself so that God can protect you and show you the right way. Amen? God's not in it unless there's peace. He's just not. If God's in it, you will have peace even in the midst of a storm. Even in the midst of the storm because at any moment, if God's in it at any moment, he can just be like, peace, be still. And the storm dissolves, and there you are at the other side of that problem. Okay? Just like the situation that we had with, with Clayton's kidneys. God can just, in an instant, he can guard your heart and mind in the midst of that storm because he knows how it's going to turn out. On the other hand, if we give way and go a direction that God's not on in the first place, and, and we feel lack of peace, and we get in more turmoil, more anxiety, more dread, more apprehension as we get closer and closer, then we need to realize somewhere along the way that God's certainly not in this, and back up. Romans 8.28, he says, We know that God causes all things to work together for our good to those that love God. And we can claim that scripture all we want, but if God is telling us, no, 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 I'm not in this, I'm not in this, there's no peace in that situation, you shouldn't be buying that house, or you shouldn't be marrying that person, or whatever it might be. If God's not on it and he's telling you, no, you can't claim, and God causes all things to work together for my good. Because he's trying to lead you and guide you and protect you from what the enemy's planning. So we need to listen and let the peace of God rule so that all things can work together for our good. He wants that to be for the case for you. Amen? So those who love him keep his commands. And one of those commands is let the peace of God rule. Be led by the Spirit of God, for you are the sons of God. So you might say, how do I know if I'm being led by the Spirit of God? 
How do I know I'm letting peace rule? In Colossians 5, and 23, it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc., etc. If you're headed in the right direction, the Holy Spirit and his fruit is all over it. You're going to have joy in your heart. You're going to have peace in your heart, guarding your heart and mind. You're going to have love. It's not going to be surrounded by turmoil, worry, fear, anxiety, all that. The fruit of the Spirit is where the Spirit is. When God is there, you feel peace in the atmosphere, don't you? You feel joy, you feel excitement in a service when like God comes into the room and just his presence fills the room. When he's there, there's peace. So the same thing goes for in any decision that you make in your life. When he's on something, when you've actually given a care to the Lord and he's on something, let the peace of God rule. And if he's there, he'll protect you, he'll guard your heart and mind, and he'll make sure things work out for you in that situation even though it doesn't look good. But if his hand is not upon a situation and you've given the care to the Lord, Lord, lead me, guide me, direct me, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. And you say, Lord, I'll follow your peace. Wherever you lead, I will follow. And he's saying, I'm not on this because there's no love, there's no joy, there's no peace, there's no patience, there's no self-control. He's not in that. So don't get involved in that. Don't get involved in that deal. Like I said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your understanding. Our minds don't always know the best thing. Who thinks God knows a little better than we do? (laughs) He has it all figured out, and even if it's impossible with man, it is possible with God. So God wants us to let peace rule in our hearts and minds because he wants things to work out for us, because he wants his children blessed He wants his children protected. Amen? And when when we let the peace of God rule and, and we're in the midst of something, that's putting trust in him that he can work it out. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Stop worrying about it. Instead, pray about it. Telling God what it is you need. And then thank him for all that he has done. I mean, God like lays it out. Here's step one. Here's step two. Here's step three. And then just trust. Lay those cares at the feet of Jesus. And have faith that he can work it out for your good. Amen? So if we were going to lay it down in steps, stop worrying about it. Start praying about it. Lay it and cast it upon the Lord. And invite the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you by the peace of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Let's just, let's just do an activation to that right now. Father, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. <laughs> yeah. So Wednesday night, the Lord was showing us, um, revealing to us where we've got it wrong. And it's really funny because my son Jude was not in that service. (laughs) And he's not even eight years old until next month. But last night, he's playing Legos. And I'm going to be honest, I was done with my message, but I was watching a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Just chilling out a little bit. And he's playing Legos, and he stops his Legos, and he comes up to me, and he says, 
Mom, I just remembered in first grade. Now he's only in second grade. But in first grade, and he has his little car part. He said, I stole two wheels from my classroom. I don't know why I did it, but I stole. Mom, would you just pray with me? Would you just pray with me? That God would not only forgive me. This is so amazing because he's speaking the word, but he doesn't realize. He's like, that God would not only forgive me that for that, but if there's anything else I forgot about, that he would forgive me. His heart could not have peace until he asked God to forgive him. You cannot try to have peace in your life if you're in sin. Your conscience will not let you until you're right with God. So that is the first step. Thank you, Lord, for that example. It was awesome. It was beautiful. Let's get our hearts right with God this morning. Amen. Angela, do you want to go on keys? Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and even to, to convict us of our sins, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you don't condemn us because you've purchased our freedom. But, Lord, you do convict us to get us back on the right path. So, Father, I just pray right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to reveal to our hearts anywhere that we have gotten off the path of peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, reveal to us anywhere that we have given place to the enemy that would cause us to, to our conscience to be seared in any way, cause us to be desensitized to your spirit. Father, I ask you to reveal that to each one of us right now by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we desire to follow your leading. We desire to be and let the peace of God rule and reign. And I know that the first step, Lord, is to repent and to turn from anything that we've been following that's not you. God says, just confess your sin. You don't have to come tell me like my son did. He just needed some help. But you can go directly to God because of what Jesus did. Go directly into that throne room and receive the forgiveness and the mercy that you need. And not only, and I told my son last night, I said, not only will Jesus forgive you of this sin, but the word of God actually says he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So Holy Spirit, reveal to us anything that we need to confess. And I just ask you right now, as we repent, as we get our hearts right with you, God, I ask you, Lord, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, anything that has been leading us down the wrong path. And that's why we have not had peace. Father, I ask you to cleanse us. Forgive us, Lord, for being disobedient to you in any way. Forgive us and even repent for this. Lord, forgive us for not following peace. Forgive us for going contrary to peace at any point in our lives. Father, I ask you to fill our hearts and our minds, guard our hearts and minds with your peace, which surpasseth all understanding.
peace be still. Peace be still. God's bringing this body into alignment with his will. Even down to the eight-year-olds. So random. He cares so much that he would give us such direction. Let the peace of God rule. If God's not in it, get rid of it. So Lord, we repent for any time we went against the grain. We went against that peace. We want to get back on track. We take those steps back. We humble ourselves, Lord. Lord, we want you to lead and guide us by your peace, by your presence. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lead us and guide us along right paths. Lead us beside still waters. Restore our soul. Lead us along right paths. So that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not have to fear any evil, for you are with us. Though a thousand fall at our side and ten thousand are dying around us, we can have peace. Because you are with us. You are close beside us. I just thank you, Lord. Just fill our hearts, fill our minds, no matter what we're facing. If we're in your will, Lord, fill us and guard us with your peace and your presence. Help us to trust you that you're going to work all things together for our good. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tim, you want to come up for a a song for the offering? We're going to go ahead and take up...